Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. All right, now today's episode, we brought in the Odie a team and i promise it is going to be fun right there doug Catherine, i'm gonna tell you something i always try to describe our guest ahead of time and this morning i'm driving in there was a lot of gusty wind going on and i'm thinking <laughs> you know what we got two powerful forces uh-huh. joining us today we got master plumber we got master carpenter tile setting we got it all today. i love it all right so let's do some quick introductions we've got aaron bullock who is a product manager here at od for all of the dearborn line as well as pipe support category and a master plumber and lastly matt valori is our technical application specialist focused on shower systems and a general contractor welcome guys to the show thanks Catherine. thanks doug Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, Doug. Glad to be here. Yeah, you know what? I don't really want to talk to Aaron too much because, believe it or not, he started off as Odie as one of my partners in crime. Yeah, he left okay. you. Quickly left. Went to PM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and Doug it? doesn't understand yet. That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got a really fun kind of dialogue, and this is from, we're going to go round robin on these questions. Um, so I need all three of you to participate, and this is from our Instagram followers. All right, so... Aaron, silicone or a plumber's putty for drains? Uh, depends on the application. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. I'm going to clarify this. Here's what we got. So if you're using ABS drains, we do not want you using plumber's putty. We want you to use silicone. But if you're using our PVC drains, absolutely, you can use our putties or you can use a silicone. But remember, if you're putting these drains into a porous surface, you want to make sure you use our stain-free Okay, or our stay put putty from Hercules. Oh my gosh, I need to go with you last next time. All right, Matt. Yeah, Doug just gave you everything. Uh, <laughs> I always use putty stain free um, for everything. I love it. All right, good answer though, Doug. I like Thank it. Thank you. Yes, I practiced. Very thorough. So I didn't know no. we were going for the Odie official. No, no. <laughs> the, <I> mean, <laughs> and he's the master. You see plumber. why I don't talk to him anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to start over on this side with uh, Matt. Why is purple primer supposed to be wet when you apply the cement? Uh, because it's actually changing the um, pipe and the fitting. Uh, and if it's dry, you got like five minutes to apply it. Doug's going to give you the full answer to this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Aaron next. So, or Aaron. Hold on, Aaron next. So, <laughs> Let's see. If, <laughs> well, basically, so, we can see that Matt's a <clears throat> construction guy at this point. Yeah. Right? So we started the room. So what, is, what, is, what it's doing is preparing the pipe surfaces and the fitting surfaces to uh, – Think about it like taking a shower. It opens up the pores, so when you apply that cement, it's going to uh, dry and form a cross-molecular entanglement by which it becomes a continuous phase. Ooh, I don't think we need Doug's answer anymore. I'm going to tell you something. That was actually kind of impressive, but not fully <laughs> impressive, okay? So basically, when we're talking about primer being wet, what, what we're talking about is the, the primer itself is not going to be dripping off the pipe or, you know, be wet. It's going through the evaporation process. And as Aaron said, the scenario we normally use is a warm shower. You're going to open up those pores. You're going to get the soap in there. Well, the soap in our case is the solids in our cement. So the primer causing that chemical reaction, 
Okay, it's opening it up, it's getting it prepped, and we have to complete those joints within five minutes because that's the evaporation process or the wet phase of the primer. All right, good one. How'd I do, Aaron? Mic drop. Nice. I like it. Great combination. All right. The best way to remove purple primer from surfaces that it shouldn't be on tubs, flooring, etc. Matt, you're shaking your head already. Give it to me. Uh, trust me. I've built enough houses to have guys get purple primer on bathtubs. It's definitely not coming off. Ugh. Yep. Aaron? Um, I've seen a couple of plumbing blogs where they have some ideas, but... It doesn't come off. doesn't come off. Sorry, guys. Okay. does not come off. Every plumber out there knows that purple primer is like a bad relationship, okay? You just <laughs> never get rid of it, all right? So if you spill it, it might fade a little, but it's always going to be there. Oh, my goodness. You got it. All right. So how can we get into business with a new product idea? Now, remind you, these are questions that are coming from our Instagram followers. I'm not sure if these guys have been exposed to that, but let me try to fill this in. So basically, they can email in and say, hey, I have a very creative idea. And then we'll have a team of people look at their idea, high-level overview. Okay, we'll ask about if there are patents and things of that nature. And if we feel this is a product that Odie could add to its product line and help us and that individual be more successful, we'll bring them in for a consultation. They can do their presentation to us and we'll evaluate it at that time. We'll look at possible sales, create a business case, and then we'll see if we need to move forward. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we've had a couple of scenarios like that. Uh, I believe set right was one of them. Um, Some other new products we have coming out where we've been a partnership of someone who had an idea and uh, Odie helping them get to the finish line. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So we're going to get into some technical questions and I might as well just start with like the, uh, the biggest question and biggest topic that happened last year in the last two years on social media, dope gate. All right. So is it tape then dope, dope then tape? We're going to go around the room on this one. Matt? Tape then dope. Oh, it's definitely tape and dope. I wrote the question. <laughs> <laughs> tape and dope. But uh, here, let's elaborate on that a little bit. Up to what pipe size? Up to inch and a quarter. We... Anything over inch and a quarter, we recommend tape and dope. Absolutely. We'll recommend that. But normally, if you're doing threaded connections, you're only going to go up to two inch in diameter anyhow, because two inch and above will always be welded together. How do you do on that, Aaron? Excellent. Nice. Good. All right, Aaron, this is for you. What <clears throat> makes Liquilock better than using a sponge or a shop vac? Don't have to put your hand in a toilet. I mean, amen to that. <laughs> well, a shop vac, well, a lot of guys like to shop back because they're not actually coming into contact with the wastewater. But here's the thing. You still got to empty it. It's filling up the container. Now, I can empty it too, but unless I actually sterilize my shop vac, I have bacteria growing in there. Gross. It's the perfect situation. So the liquid lock is a perfect solution for all of those. We also recommend the uh, liquid lock if uh, we have our service contractors changing out hot water tanks. Yeah, they can cut the top hot and cold. They can pour it down in through the cold pipe because the dip tube will go all the way to the bottom. It'll solidify that last inch and a half bit of water at the bottom. And then when they're taking it out, they don't have to worry about it sloshing around and damaging stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Matt? Do you use it for anything else? Liquid lock all day long, changing out toilets. Shop vacs, you give it to the guys that work for you and they still try to dump the toilet in the shower. Well, once, Lick- you, once you drop it in there, you can't fix the shower either, just like when you put purple primer in there. Yeah. Liquid Lock is also a good party favor because you just take it, dump it in the toilet, throw in a baby Ruth, and you got a uh, <laughs> Bill Murray scenario all over again. <laughs> oh, <my Okay>. <laughs> oh, 
there's a new TikTok for us. Huh? Absolutely. What can you do with you it? come out of there waving your hands like Ace Ventura going, whoa, you do not want to go into there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I hope you guys are all enjoying this as much as we are. So, all right. So let's talk about the most common mistake when installing an air emittance valve. Who wants to take this one? What do you see? I'll take it to start. Go for it. I've seen so many AVs stuck behind drywall and a cavity of a, of a wall or covered in insulation. You know, basically they can't breathe at that point. So that's what I've seen. Needs to have some sort of uh, way to breathe. Mm-hmm. Got it. Here. I was going to say I don't make mistakes, so it's kind of oh, hard for oh, me. Wow. Oh, wow. 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 But I think wow. we'll have some conversation about that later. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I might even write a blog about that one. Okay. <laughs> I would, say, I would say not uh, providing a minimum minimum distance above the uh, trap. Yep. We've seen that sometimes, and sometimes we get that feedback on pictures that we reshare of, of that. Dis- but does that change for code in different areas? No, because it's based on our manufacturer specifications. Okay. So we tell you the elevations above the trap weir or flood level rim of a fixture. The other common mistake that we have out there is guys will forget to put a thread tape sealant mm-hmm. or a pipe joint compound on the threads. Because that does become a leak path because there's consistent positive pressure in a sanitary sewer. Yeah. So they want to always make sure they put the thread sealant on there. And they also want to make sure that it's as vertical as possible, never more than 10 to 15 degrees off uh, vertical. Okay, that's great. Good points to highlight. Okay, so you you all can't pick the same one, but what are your or your one-time favorite all-time go-to OD product even ones that you use before officially joining the OD team. Hmm. Go to. There's so many. Let's talk about one I recently discovered um, as I was coming out of the field. And that was the uh, Universal Hangers. Mm-hmm. Those things are awesome. Like a it's like a uh, like a BK ratchet strap. Yeah. For, and it goes around any pipe size. Um, any direction, inch, any direction, and for those instances when you're in a crawl space, you're on the back, on your back, and you're trying to get the right heights for your uh, pipe. I mean, hands down, it's the easiest easiest thing to use. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, I would have to say because I'm older. I mean, I have boots older than two guys in this room right now, and I would say solder flux. Ah, okay? yeah. The reason why is I come from an era where we soldered all of our pipe joints together. Okay, so OD solder always was consistent for me. Mm-hmm. The fluxes were always consistent. I was a number five guy, which is not allowed in a lot of jurisdictions today because it's not a water soluble. <laughs> yeah. So I would say the uh, solder flux category for me. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely say solder flux. I grew up doing plumbing with, I won't tell you who, but the guy sitting in the room with us. And I've tried some other solders and fluxes on the market, and they just don't work as well as Odie Silver and number five. So I love it. Right. Learning from your mentor. Exactly. You got it. All right. So let's uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to talk about some career questions and advice and get into. So um, each one of you kind of give a quick highlight of how'd you get into the trades? So Matt, you want to take us uh, through the beginning part of how'd you get in the trades? So I grew up uh, doing construction. My father had a um, gutter company and I went from that into uh, doing high-end residential with my best friend's dad. And then I got into plumbing with Doug sitting next to me. Uh, and then I went on to do um, a lot of new residential uh, multifamily. I probably built about 500 units. 
and did my own tile work and everything when I got into the renovation side. There's some uh, insurance work in there too, but that's uh, basically where I'm at, and I've done a lot of showers, so that's why I support the quick drain line. Cool. All right, Aaron, take it away. Um, went to school for uh, architecture. I was three years into an architecture program and decided – Hey, let me cut my losses. 2008 housing market was uh, going downhill, and all my friends were working at Target. So went back to Lowe's, um, worked there as a plumbing sales specialist for about six years, and I saw a guy walking through the aisle. I'm like, hey, how'd you become a plumber? He said, go down to the local third Monday of the month, sign up, and it was like clockwork. Went through the apprenticeship program, did some, became uh, a commercial journeyman, and then uh, did some some residential and some uh, commercial projects after, with them, and then uh, became a contractor, did some of my own work, worked for a buddy of mine as a project manager as well, and saw an opportunity to come work for the Odie Company. That's all she wrote. There you go, and you're here. Yep. So, you know, did you talked a little bit, Aaron, about how you went to school for a little bit and decided, yeah, going to cut my losses, not really for me. I want to do something different. But, you know, did you ever – um, have any external pressure or, you know, to, to stay in college or to leave college? And, you know, did your, you have support from your parents and teachers? Oh yeah. Um, you know, the, the thing was go to college. That's what was drilled into my head from the beginning. Like go to high school, you got to go to college. Um, after figuring out what I really wanted to do discovering the trades, I wish I would have known about it from the jump. And Mm -hmm. it's probably the move I would have made from the beginning. Instead of uh, wasting time and money, and but even going through the program I went through, I was able to get college credit and learn as I learn as I went. So, yeah, and that's key. I mean, that's yep. we learned a lot about that uh, talking with the trades and talking with trade schools, career schools. That there's so many ways that you can uh, work in the trades, uh, get college credits, um, get paid for the work that you're doing. So learn and earn at the same time, which is yep. really kind of cool. I think a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. that's an option for them. So mm-hmm. Matt, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, what did your support look like? Uh, and you know, just the pressures around it. So I went to uh, school for fire tech and paramedic. Um, you know, the biggest thing about the trades is a lot of times I loved being in the field, accomplishing a project and, you know, you get kind of, it's almost like the instant gratification, right? you know, um, a couple weeks ago, I worked with a, a guy that just graduated college on a project, was working with his dad doing tile work. He decided to take a year off out of college to, you know, get into the trades a little bit. And I talked to him a little bit, and he says, oh, I love love doing this. So, you know, you don't always have to go to college to make a good living. That's for sure. Um, I decided fire tech and paramedic wasn't for me. For one, it was when I was trying to get into it, it was very hard to get into here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved being in the construction industry, you know. I always told the guys that built for me, you know, it's nice to watch a house go up and the smile on people's face when you close their house, you know, that's the largest investment of their life. So it's a a great industry and I wouldn't, uh, you know, trade it for anything else. Yeah, that's great. So any, and, and Doug, even for you too, any aha moments where you knew plumbing was for you or being in the trades, Matt, you know, was for you? I think for me, it was the first GI Joe I threw in the toilet and flushed I think I knew I was going to be a plumber at that point. Okay. <laughs> Do I want to know uh, what happened after that? No, basically I told my story, I think on the first episode yeah. and you know, my humble beginnings allowed me to meet a HVAC contractor. It was changing um, a heating system in the building that we had lived in at that time. Yeah. So he was uh, your aha. Yep. He was, uh, I was fascinated. 
Um, you know, I was curious. He gave me an opportunity. I kept expanding on it. And, you know, I had some, mm-hmm. I had some nice opportunities in my lifetime. That's great. How about you, Aaron? Uh, for me, it was as an apprentice, um, making the transition from architecture to plumbing. It's kind of some similarities involved because you have to be able to see the end result in sure. the beginning. Yeah. And so um, kind of added some creativity to it, but also the hands on, but also not being at the same place all the time because you're going to multiple job sites. Mm-hmm. So um, I know I can get bored quick with, with certain jobs. And it was one of those things where it's something different every day. And as Matt mentioned, you get that instant gratification at the end of the day. And, you know, I did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for you, Matt? Yeah, it's definitely for me, it's being able to make people's dreams a reality. You know, I did a lot more GC work, so it was not as focused on just plumbing, um, you know, building people's houses that they're going to move their family into. You know, that's really the, the oh, man, this is great. Yeah, that's so. cool. So if you could go back in time and you could give your younger self one piece, not 10 there, Doug, one piece of advice, what would it be? I know that's tough, isn't it? Just one. Don't waste the time going to school for me for fire tech and paramedic, go right into the trades. <laughs> That's mine. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I mean, I've taken a lot of risk in my life, you know, calculated risk, but you know, not to stress so much about the risk that I took mm-hmm. and be more confident about the risk, knowing that, Hey, I stand a very good chance of it being successful. So I, that would have cut a lot of stress out of my life. Yeah. It leaves you, Aaron. The time is now. That one piece of advice. Let me throw some social media in here. TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, I got a kind of different outlook about it because I think uh, everything that I've been through makes me appreciate yeah. the journey that I've been through a little bit more and finding plumbing later on. Um, I think if I would have started right out of high school, I might not appreciate it as much as I do uh, finding it later in life. Yeah, so, no, that's a great perspective. You know, I think... For a lot of us, are the way that things happen are meant to be. and um, But I, I like yours, Doug, about sometimes, you know, we get so worried and so stressed about, oh, should I do this or shouldn't I do it? And, you know, taking a good calculated step, you know, sometimes and not always worrying about what's going to happen. Um, it's not a bad thing. So speaking of social media, how do you feel TikTok and other social media platforms are playing a role in the trades today? The good and the bad, right? Mm. So... I'll just uh, put it this way. Sometimes I watch stuff on there and just want to respond back. You're doing it wrong, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's pretty pretty good how you know social media is able to drive you know business, everything else. But you know, not everybody put doing stuff on there. You should take for uh, to heart as they're doing it correctly. Yeah, I think it's good exposure for the trades. Definitely, um, just showing a younger generation that trades is out here and is an option um the conversation the conversations back and forth in the comments get kind of uh, funny because as soon as you see a picture it's like oh that's not how we do it here or uh-huh. that's not cold here and i don't know if a lot of people don't realize the code is different right amongst different states and municipalities and things of that sort so i mean it's good and bad but uh it's definitely entertaining nonetheless yes, that's for sure well, we do know here at Odie, I'm recognized as a social media expert. Uh, okay? Yeah, no. And, uh, you are not. Basically, I just figured out apps six months ago weren't something I ordered at dinner. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what, what I think the, the 
the negatives are about social media is uh, we have a tremendous amount. I mean, what do we have by now? 30,000 followers at this point? That is the goal for okay. 2022. There you go. And I think I'm actually going to maybe get a tattoo if we get that many or something. Oh, you hear that, Amanda? Yeah. Tattoo so, for 30,000. So anyhow, we have a lot of great technicians. You know, most of them are tuning into us all the time so that they can, you know, see what's going on in the industry. And for those technicians, when they see things on social media that aren't accurate, like Matt said, I just want to reach out and just say, oh, God, that's not right. Okay. Here at Odie, we always have conversation, we have collaboration, and we have consistency. So what they're seeing out there in the field, a lot of times the younger folks here, they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, Doug, I saw this thing on YouTube. My first response is, hey, I didn't know your dad did videos on YouTube. And I get there, oh, it's not my dad. And I'm like, oh, uncle, brother? No, no. They're like, I don't know who they are. And I say, exactly, you don't know who they are. So a lot of times you find technicians who discover workarounds. Mm-hmm. And you might look at that, but it won't apply to your application. Sure. So I think that's where some of the negatives are. The positives are you have a nationwide community with constant conversation. Global. At yeah. Global. Global. Yeah. We're all over. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's one of the positives. And it's instant, too. Yeah. You know, it's like I can see it now. And it might help me get through a situation I'm having trouble with. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself on this one. I'm not in the trades, nor have I ever, but really connected to the team that uh, manages social. And, you know, during the pandemic, um, our sales team wasn't out there and um, they weren't able to to travel and stuff. So really, we um, were able to connect with that community more than ever via social media. And, um, you know, my five-year-old son was stuffing stickers, putting them in so we can send them out all over the world uh, during the pandemic. So I, I, I really have appreciated the opportunity to understand and get to know the trades better, look at this great community that they have. Um, and it's really cool. And I, I tell everyone about them, like, you want to see a trade that really, you know, respects each other and works hard for each other and collaborates. And, you know, we give away product to, to one plumber and five more would say, hey, I want to try it. And we'd send, send that product out to those other five. And um, it's just been a really uh, great opportunity for us to to connect, to get to know what's working, what's not. Um, our ambassador program that comes here, um, now we're going to be on our second year, which is uh, super cool. But I also agree there's some negatives. There's some people out there who just hide behind social media and can be mean and not nice and put yeah. out, um, you know, uh, videos and demonstrations that aren't accurate. So you always have to kind of go in there a little bit guarded to know that, um, you know, not everything is the reality. So, but I, we, we have so enjoyed it here at Odie as being a part of that community, which has been really fun. You know, our, our season so far, Catherine, we've been basing it on opportunities and who wants to get in and stuff. One of the things I also notice on social media is the simple fact that we have a lot of young, great technicians out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they don't have the opportunity to show people how much pride they take in their work and how well of a job they do. Right. Social media gives them that opportunity. It does. And we'll see tons of young technicians out there and they'll send in their, their photographs for us to look at. And you look at me like, wow, you know, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I would hire a guy like that. Yeah. You know, for so sure. yeah. So that's also a good positive. Yeah. And I think that by building that community, it's going to allow other people to visually see it. And as we've been talking a lot about how do we get people into the trades? How do we get it publicized better? How do we get educators and parents and students to be talking about the trades more? Those sharing their stories and what job sites are and, and what plumbing really is, you know, not the myth and what people think, but what it truly is. Like you said, Aaron, 
was great that you had that architectural background so that you really could tie it into your plumbing. You have to be able to understand a lot of these things, be able to, to do um, plumbing and, and how things work and how houses are created. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I think Matt and Aaron can also agree that as they started off in their career path, they were nervous. Sure. Okay. They had anxiety over it. But I bet you if we looked at both of them right now and said, hey, was it worth that moment in time for where you are today? They would both agree and say Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. We're going to go personal stories here. You guys ready? Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> uh, could we please keep these PG-13? All right. Perfect. All right. Thank you. I would appreciate it. Uh, I didn't say PG, by the way. Okay. PG-13. Now, we can extend this to a late night Odie Raw type of thing. And then <laughs> oh, we, boy. And then we can go <laughs> 17 or something. No. Odie, okay. Rated R. Yeah. Uh, not on this podcast. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, I think okay. all of us enjoy uh, working for Odie and would like to stay here. <laughs> this yeah. is true. All right. So tell me a little bit, what's, you know, your best or funniest job site story? And it's like the one that's like, oh my gosh, if you would have been there, you would have just died type of story. Doug, we'll let you take this. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, had a very good friend of mine. He was having a big party, uh, had a wedding that I was going to actually be in. And um, he called me up. He's like, hey, you got to come over here. I got this party coming and my sword's backed up. Well, I went over and I remember my father saying, hey, you're going to be in this wedding. I don't want you doing any sewer cleaning or any drain cleaning because it's staining up your hands and you're going to stink. So I promised him I would and I went over and my buddy's looking at me. His wife's practically in tears and I said, you know what, let me give this a go. So I get the sewer machine out and I'm trying to snake this thing. Cannot get this thing clear. And an excavator around the corner, I called him up. I said, hey, come on over. I need you to clear a little yard out for me so we can find this sewer line. So while he's coming over to clear this out, I'm standing on this cement block in the front of this yard in a very modern community. And uh, I looked at him and I said, uh, hey, Dave, what was this pad for? And I was thinking patio. And before I got the words out, boom, I fell in. And what I fell into oh. was a septic tank. Oh, oh no. And uh, oh, yeah. it was full of... Poop. How can we say poop? Yeah. Okay, great. You can say shit. I okay. mean, that's disgusting. Right. It was full of poop. So, <laughs> so I managed to keep steady. And then after the excavator and my friend Dave finished uh, throwing up, basically, uh, they dropped the chain down to me and then got me out of it. So I stripped down butt ass naked. I think we can say butt ass naked. <laughs> okay. and, I don't have a bleep button on okay. this thing. All so. Right. so in case we have to bleep it, I stripped down to my bareness. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, hosed off, but I became acclimated to the, the smell. So I thought it was good. And I went to the <laughs> rehearsal dinner and uh, I was informed that I should leave because yeah. of the odor. And so I went and I took tomato baths. I, I went, I called a, uh, a veterinarian. They hooked me up with some skunk stuff. I bathed so much, I lost three layers of skin. <laughs> so I'm thinking, hey, I smell like roses at this point. So day of the wedding, got in my tux, drove to the wedding. I didn't meet up with anybody beforehand and uh, walked in. And they actually wouldn't let me sit at the uh, wedding party table <gasps> because I stunk so bad. Oh, no. The funniest part about the whole story was I took the tuxedo back to turn it in from the rental. <laughs> I said you could keep it. The guy told me I had to buy the tuxedo because it stunk so bad. Oh, my god! So 
I guess by my adrenaline pumping so much, all my pores just opened yeah. up, and I just absorbed. You sucked it all in. Shit. Oh my god! Oh and, uh, my goodness! So I think that's my funniest story. That's hysterical. Yeah. Uh, Dave, was it Dave's life? No, it wasn't Dave's life. All right, no. that's who was coming to my mind. <laughs> that would have been funny if it was Dave. That would have. I could have <laughs> yeah. seen him. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, Doug. All right. Um, sorry, Aaron and Matt. Can you guys top that? Or, <laughs> I got. I got, uh, a, I got another that. sewer machine story <laughs> to go along with Doug's. All right, let's hear it. Probably the funniest one. Uh, I was actually working for Doug, and he sent us out to snake this lady's uh, um, storm lines out in Shaker Heights. And we were out there, and we couldn't get the machine down into the window well. So a guy I was working with was down there, and he got his shirt too close to the sewer machine. Next thing I knew, (laughs) he had no shirt on. (laughs) Shirt got ripped off, was stuck to the snake. He's yelling, stop, stop. So that that was probably one of the funniest plumbing questions. The funniest one about Doug was the day he got purple primer all over him. For me, that was funny. It wasn't funny for Doug. I was uh, piping in one of the vats, and the vat was supposed to be drained, and I checked ahead of time. They said, yeah, it's drained, so I pulled a valve, and when I pulled the valve, I was covered in purple primer. And uh, there again, I was butt-ass naked as I was running, (laughs) okay, to to the shower to try to drench this off of me, and... um, I was purple for probably about two weeks. I looked like a huge oh, Barney at that time. <laughs> and the funny part was I just started dating a young lady, and we were supposed to go out that night. And uh, we never did go out because I had to keep saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't show up. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another kind of funny one. Oh, my goodness. All right, Aaron, you're up. I don't have anything that funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on a job site. decided. Us plumbers decided to go to war with the electricians. Oh, when does that not happen? So uh, I mean, it's all like the time. All it was, the time. It was a friendly war, so it was just a little prank war. Um, things like we were sitting up on the second floor. We'd throw, like, banana peels through their window during a break, and uh, they got real creative, and they strung up. They had some conduit in the room over our break table, and they sh- sent the string through, and it was a bag full of, like, old – fruit and things of that sort. <laughs> and they were in the hallway to cut the string and oh. it went splat on our uh, break table. So at that moment, we uh, we gave them the crown and said, hey, you win. <laughs> Maybe we should have a podcast just about pranks. Oh, goodness. That have happened on the job site. I got a we ton can of do those. plenty of those. <laughs> oh, I am sure. I am sure. All right, so Aaron, what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your trades profession? Uh, most rewarding part is... Um, being able to share share my experience with the youth right now, uh, mm-hmm. the younger generation, and just kind of just spread the word about the trades, um, and given the opportunity that I wish I would have had at that at that age. Sure, that's great. How about you, Matt? Uh, I think training training is my my favorite part about the job. You mm-hmm. know, get the, training people and you know teach them how to do stuff. You know, once you learn something, you 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 know, continue doing it for life. So um, I think that's probably my most rewarding part of the job. So what do you say, Matt, uh, is something that people may not know or expect about you? Any misconceptions about, you know, as you combat a, a general contractor? Um, no, I'm pretty straightforward. <laughs> i got to tell how it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, most people, um, 
you know, from a GC standpoint, I still spent the hardest part about being a general contractor, spending a lot of time with your family. And, you know, that's a big, a big trade-off. You got to make sure. And that's one thing mm-hmm. I'm, I always try to be at all my kids sporting events, even though when I was still running jobs, but, um, you know, yeah, the balance between work and home work life balance, man, that's, that's super important, especially for people that are thinking about going into the trades. Always remember that. Yep. For sure. Doug. Oh boy. Biggest pet peeve when dealing with a customer or homeowner. Now, this is not like within Odie because we love all of our customers. I'm talking about uh, past uh, working outside of the four walls. Biggest pet peeve. You know, I would have to say, I would have to say when I go, when I'm hired by someone, Mm -hmm. okay, Mm -hmm. and then I come in as an expert. And which is why they retain my services. And at that point in time, what they do is they tell me how to do my job. Mm. Okay. Yep. At that point, I, I almost feel like, why am I here? Should I even be billing you for my time? Because you obviously already know what you're doing. Right. Okay. And then after I'm doing the work, you know, I start it and I'm progressing along. They come in and they start saying, oh, uh, yeah, I did this before. And I probably would have done it that way. You know, and as a professional master plumber, okay, who had a pretty nice career for me to come in and say, oh, I'm, I, I didn't know you were in construction. Oh, well, I remodeled my basement once. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that puts us on the same level. Right. So I would have to say that would be my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, yeah. I see like everyone's head shaking in the room. Yeah, right, I, call, I call those the helicopter uh, customers. The ones that like to hover and kind yeah. of stand over your, your back the, the whole time. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor and they diagnose you with something and you're like, oh, no, I think it's this because I Googled it. Right? <laughs> right. You know, like somebody right. just went to school for that long. and. My, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right along with Doug and what Aaron said. My biggest pet peeve, I used to build a lot of houses. Customers that want to try to be on the job site standing in the house while you're flying trusses or throwing lumber overhead. It's like, hey, you know. Go sit in your car or something like that before you get hurt. So that was my <laughs> biggest pet peeve. You know, they're hiring you to do something. You're the one that's on. You're the professional. You know what you're doing, and they want to try to micromanage a build. Yeah. All right, this is a funny one. What are your go-to snacks slash drinks on the job site? Oh, man. Um, go-to drink was probably energy drinks. Yeah, Monster. Yeah, Monster, mm-hmm. Red Bull, whatever I get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And go to snack. I'd say probably uh like some Cheez Its. Cheez Its. Cheez Its. Uh, the puffy kind or the hard kind. The hard kind. Hard kind. Yeah. All right. Cheez Its. Energy Do, drink. Doing plumbing, you don't get to wash your hands, so you try to get <laughs> you try to get food that you don't have to uh, touch. Like a long so turkey stick. Get a Slim Jim or yeah. something. <laughs> but the energy drinks, yeah, we you know put a case in the in the van and live on it. Oof. So. I'm a little older. We didn't really have energy drinks back then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but Mountain Dew. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's Get all jacked up on Mountain Dew after a while. That is an energy while. drink. And then as far as, uh, as far as snacks go. I don't know if I know your favorite snack. What is it? You know, I don't know if I really have one. Um, never really snacked much because we were always so busy. Yeah. You forget to even eat during the day. Yeah, just that's when you true. finally sat down. It was Bags like, of yeah. beef jerky. Yeah, Bags beef of beef jerky. Yeah. Whatever you pass on the way home. That's what you're getting. That's what you're getting. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what? what's your favorite part about working with one another every day? 
Well, I tell you what, I used to really enjoy working with these two guys. Okay. <laughs> Here it comes. But then Aaron left me. Okay. You got to promote it. And then Matt, they found he had such great value that he's out in the field all the time. So I'm basically here alone, Catherine. The only time I get social conversation is when you come. Is with me now? Oh, boy. (laughs) I think everybody's uh, knowledge. I think a lot of us at this table have a lot of industry knowledge when it comes to commercial, residential, you know. So it's nice to sit here with these guys and, you know, we have questions or just throw stuff back and forth off each other. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Aaron? For, for me, it's that. And then it's the, it's the continued, like, job site banter from time to time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. When no, you need that sometimes, when, Yeah, when right? no one else is in the building, we get to talk like construction workers. We get to shop and, talk. Yeah, because oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you're, you're over at the university and not at corporate, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. And then the stories, just the, the different stories about, um, oh, yeah. I mean, it gets, it gets, it gets funny, pretty funny. Well, good. Well, hey, guys, I really appreciate the time to sit down and talk with you. I know I work with all of you uh, individually, but this was really fun kind of to get together and uh, get to have some banter back and forth and keep it PG-13. So thanks so much. And that's a wrap on season one of The Fix. We had a blast talking to so many great people about the trades, and we learned a ton along the way. Be sure to follow along with us on social media to hear what else we're up to at Odie. And stay tuned for season two. See you next time.